This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. You can stick it to the man and big tech. Join our FTL social mastodon at social.freetalklive.com. Return with Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. Continuing our conversation about the recent ruling by the Canadian court saying that Justin Trudeau and his administration's attack on freedom-loving, peacefully-minded protesters in Ottawa two years ago was illegal. I go back into pieces I got to write for MRC-TV at the time that it was happening so that we have this intellectual ammunition to take with us. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Gardner Goldsmith. Find Liberty Conspiracy every Monday through Friday starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time live on Rockfin, Rumble, and my Twitter slash X, which is at Gard, G-A-R-D, Goldsmith. That's that's absolutely key. And I also want to do this since I am checking this out. I want to go back into the hyperlink that was noted at MRC TV. U.S. press hides key info on Canadian PM Trudeau invoking Emergencies Act attacking truckers. Okay, now this is a little something from Fox News that you can see. But I want to mention this. He's the first prime minister, Trudeau to claim the emergency power since the act replaced the 1940s-era so-called War Measures Act in 1985. Okay, so again, factoid, key information, something you can flag in this video. You can go to the MRC-TV page. You can look up this February 16th, 2022 piece. You can find this information. You can memorize it. You can send it off to friends in Canada, anything like that. It, I think it helps improve the balance of people who are armed with this knowledge, with this intellectual ammunition, who can tell it to other people and then hold them in contempt, not just for the immediate angering insult to rights and morals and all those things and so on, but to prove that these people have broken their oaths, they've broken their words, and also, perhaps, as an anarchist, we can notice that, you know what, the written promises didn't stop them. And I don't think anything's going to happen to Justin Trudeau or Christian Freeland or any of the uh, police officers who follow their orders. Do you? No, I don't think so. It's us versus the state. That's what it is. It's always us versus the state. That's why I don't vote for people to go into offices, because I don't want to support the state. So. Anyway, that's that's obviously a very strong position, but some people, nuances, differences, at least we get this information forward. He is the first prime minister to claim the emergency power since the act replaced the 1940s era so-called War Measures Act from World War II in 1985 and given royal assent in 1988. And that royal assent part is extremely important. I want to go into those details. And contrary to what U.S. media outlets CNN and NBC have claimed and implied Trudeau simply cannot invoke this reworked vestige of the World War II military rule. 
Echoing his gaslight-style rhetoric on February 11th, when Trudeau, whose COVID edicts and recent jab mandates on cross-U.S. border truckers have wiped out not only truckers' freedoms and jobs, but the Canadian economy itself, and of course churches, freedom of association, freedom of religion, just asked Arthur Pulowski Pol- uh, and his brother and his son. He, it, 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 uh, when Trudeau flipped the narrative, he hinted at initiating violent police action and claimed it was his victims who were endangering jobs. After all his shutdowns, he was claiming that it was the people who were protesting his oppression who were the ones who were shutting down the economy. The ones whose economy had been shut down by him. He did that on February 10th. He outrageously claimed his move was about protecting people's jobs. I said, that's one bit that CNN got right. The actual quote of his obtuse statement, quote, this is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs, and restoring faith in our institutions, almost echoing the same fatuous nonsense that we just heard from Christian Freeland almost two years later to the day. But curiously, in their seeming icon worship of Trudeau and their evident antipathy for and dismissiveness of the freedom ralliers, CNN didn't mention the data on the Canadian economy that I hyperlinked above, and I've got the hyperlink in there about the Canadian economy. Here, I'll show you. If you want to find it, it's right up there. There's the hyperlink. I know, I know. Far be it from CNN to make a mistake like that. They always back up what they're claiming with actual information and real statistics. But curiously, they didn't mention the data I mentioned. They also did not mention that according to the text of the so-called Emergencies Act in Canada itself, a prime minister cannot simply invoke it. And it doesn't grant him many of the powers his bureaucrats and media sycophants claim he can wield. First, the subject of invocation. This is not some kind of magic spell. As extrajudicial and anti-rights as the act is, it requires approval from the Canadian Parliament within seven days of a PM invoking it before he can act. To grasp that simple fact, Mr. Trudeau and the U.S. pop media might have referred to the Canadian Encyclopedia, which points out, quote, under the act, cabinet orders, the reg- cabinet orders and regulations must be reviewed by parliament, meaning the cabinet cannot act on its own, unlike under the War Measures Act. And I wrote, even last week, parliament members of Trudeau's own party were breaking ranks with him on lockdowns and his COVID jab attacks on truckers. Second point. As the Canadian Civil Liberties Association points out as part of an excellent thread on Twitter, quote, the Emergencies Act can only be invoked when a situation, quote, seriously threatens the ability of the government of Canada to preserve the sovereignty, security and territorial integrity of Canada when the situation cannot be effectively dealt with under any other law of Canada. Well, that, by the way, is rather fatuous because Canada actually isn't sovereign. It's part of the British Empire, but continuing in their false sovereignty. Digging further, something CNN, NBC, and Trudeau's cheerleaders seem unwilling to do, the act focuses on the ability of provincial governments to handle emergencies. Even if Parliament were to approve of Trudeau's call for the employment of the act, a prime minister 
cannot unilaterally move into the provinces without requests from their premiers. As Anarcho Nigam notes for Republic World, four provincial premiers already have stood in opposition to Trudeau's claim of power. Quote, Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe said in a statement shared on Twitter, you probably remember him if you were watching this, I'm, I'm pretty confident you were, quote, the illegal blockades must end, but police already have sufficient tools to enforce the law and clear the blockades as they did over the weekend in Windsor. Therefore, Saskatchewan does not support the Trudeau government invoking the Emergencies Act. Also, wrote Nijum, uh, Anarcho Nijum for Republic World, Alberta's Jason Kenney, Manitoba's Heather Stephenson, and Quebec's Francois Legault also posted similar statements as Mo in, in opposing Trudeau's plans on the Emergencies Act. If the act is invoked, Mo and Kenny have demanded that the measure should apply only in jurisdictions that request it. So they're even backing off a little bit. But they were saying, if you're going to do it, we don't want you here. But if you're going to force yourself, then then just go into the little areas that uh, might request it. And that, of course, runs contrary to their oaths, too. Further, I wrote, as the act clearly notes, and there's a hyperlink in case anybody from CNN wants to watch this show. Further, as the act clearly notes, much of the invocation of so-called power is not to be conducted by a prime minister, but by a different cadre of people who in toto, this is the invocation of power, are called the governor in council of Canada. And I literally quote the act from the act, orders and regulations, section eight, subsection one. While a declaration of a public welfare emergency is in effect, the governor in council may make such orders or regulations with respect to the following matters as the governor in council believes on reasonable grounds are necessary for dealing with the emergency. And they run through a number of these things, regulation or prohibition of travel to or from within any specified area. But as we mentioned, Charter of Rights and Freedoms is supposed to protect the provincial province to province travel. Now, this is the point that I bring up here. And this is this is the problem with the Emergencies Act, because the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which came before it, doesn't abide, doesn't allow for that. That's a breach of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms within the Emergencies Act. So the Emergencies Act is uh, is negated by the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. This is one of the points that I bring up. And I wrote, just so people understand that with the system, the governor and council is a vestige of British royal authority and is comprised of the prime minister's cabinet and the royal governor general, the oldest political position in Canada currently occupied by Mary Simon back then. Without her assent, in addition to the parliaments within seven days of the prime minister's so-called invocation, all of this is a non-starter. But of course, CNN and MSNBC didn't bother to mention those systemic mechanisms. Oh, and something else the pop media has not mentioned. The act also requires compensation to citizens who suffer losses due to government demands And as the Canadian Encyclopedia notes, the act is supposed to be constrained, here we go, 
by the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which brings us back to today, everybody. Quote, the Emergencies Act outlines how people affected by government actions during emergencies are to be compensated. It also notes that government actions are subject to the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms and the Canadian Bill of Rights. So I wrote, this is problematic for supporters of Trudeau and those who want him to crack down on everything from the peaceful protests to freedom of movement to the ability of supporters to furnish the demonstrators with food or even monetary aid. In part, the Charter explicitly states, quote, fundamental freedoms, subsection two, section two, everyone has the following fundamental freedoms. One, Freedom of conscience and religion. Hello, Arthur Pulowski. Two, freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression, including freedom of the press. Hello, Rebel News, and other media of communication. Three, freedom of peaceful assembly. Hello, Ottawa. And four, freedom of association. It also, and that also could apply to any of the workers like Jordan Peterson who are working for any of the uh, government connected universities like University of Toronto. It goes into that question of unconstitutional conditions. Can they make a person like Jordan Peterson use the pronouns that they want him to use? Can they make business people who aren't connected to the government, but they're regulated so-called by the government, by the fascists in the government, can they make them have to associate with people? No, they can't because you're supposed to have freaking freedom of association. Ah, but it doesn't work that way, of course. They'll describe for you with whom you can associate, and you must associate and use the pronouns you're going to. And, of course, they'll pass C-16, which was passed in 2017 in Canada. And the Charter of Rights and Freedoms also states mobility rights. Quote, every citizen of Canada has the right to enter, remain in, and leave Canada. Boy, this is so angering. Every citizen of Canada and every person who has the status of a permanent resident of Canada has the right, one, A, to move to and take up residence in any province, and two, B, to pursue the gaining of a livelihood in any province. This was so manifest. Those people should have been taken away in cuffs immediately. It would have been just for the people to storm every building in government and arrest, by citizens' arrest, anyone who was going to attack them on a moral level. But on a legal level, they were 100% supported by the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. 100%. And these people are going to get away with it. They're going to get it. What's going to happen? You think, yeah, obviously. You know, does anybody think... That Justin Trudeau is gonna gonna see any gonna have to do any justice for this? No, of course not. Christian Freeland, no, not a chance. She'll probably go to Europe anyway, even if she has if she ever gets into trouble. She, you know, she'll she'll move to Switzerland. I said, but who expects the Trudeau regime to conform to the rules? Already, his finance minister, Christian Freeland, an ironic surname indeed. She, who also is deputy prime minister and on the board of Klaus Schwab's WEF 
has announced that the Trudeau government is authorizing banks in any province to freeze the accounts of anyone suspected of being involved in illegal activity. No trial, no accusation of a crime, simply an or sweeping proclamation of what appears to be some claimed immunity-granting power that she and Trudeau will offer to banks through extant Byzantine-Canadian financial regulations and cross-province corporate connections. As a way of circumventing the requirement in the Emergencies Act that the provincial premiers give their assent to central government operations inside their provinces, this is darkly ingenious. As a matter of honest dealings, rights, and proper judicial operation, it is horrific. But it is consistent with Trudeau's unwarranted demonization of the demonstrators, the biased reporting that gives Trudeau passes on his new heights of attempted tyranny and the overall blindness of fundamental rights that Trudeau and many of his supporters display. And then, of course, about a year and a half later, later they trot out a former Waffen SS trooper, some old guy, like they're going to applaud him because, of course, he fought the Russians. They're so twisted, so screwed up. What an absolute mess. And the, the problem is that, again, I'm not even going to say... A positive is, again, if people can mix this righteous indignation with the firepower of intellectual ammunition, that is a potent, potent combination. You won't be stopped in a debate. You will crush people in a debate. Or instead, you might be able to pull them over to your side. Occasionally, a person like Christian Freeland, they're so oppositional, they're so fatuous, they're so transparently evil and wicked they try to get away with their stuff so much that if you're in front of a crowd and you take them on as an adversary, then that's a benefit. But if it's someone you're just talking to and you can win them over in a soft way, a conversational way, how great is that? It's fantastic. You've won somebody over and you've made a friend. That's awesome, right? So you got to pick and choose your battles. I mean, not like you need me to give you the recommendations, but uh, I think we all, you know, we've, we've all seen that. We might have learned lessons here and there, and uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big deal. Let me get your thoughts. I'm going to go into Rockfin Rumble and also on X Twitter. Uh, please hit the thumbs up, share the show, tell people to join us at 6 o'clock. It's a great group. Tom Cooper is there. Tom, man, I was listening to some of your music suggestions the other day. I love it on the weekends when people put out the metal. It's great. I love it. Thanks for being there, TC. Great to see you. And also, Harry Hart, great, Harry, to see you as well. Uh, also, Carlos Rex. Awesome, awesome. Remember Arthur Pawlowski. Yeah, remember him on his knees in the snow next to the highway. Them carrying him out, dragging him along. Remember his courage. Get out of here, you Nazi. Good for him. That will stand forever. Omar LCC, thank you for the tip. And Torinator, thank you for the tip as well. Great. Boy, thank you. Thank you all for contributing to the show. It gives us firepower. It's terrific stuff. I'm going to go back now and uh, go into Rumble. John Bassingloan is there, and uh, this is very interesting stuff. Canadians are like citizens of Massachusetts. I never met a mass citizen who admitted voting for Ted Kennedy, nor a Canuck who admitted voting for Trudeau. Uh, that's John John, 1976. Sorry, sorry, John and John. Then, then John Bassingloan says, The Crown, the royal family, owns outright in fee, simple, absolute, 93% of all Canadian land, 100% right. I, 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 and I, I don't know if somebody mentioned that here or I just learned that doing research on the Canadian fires. 
but I found that out. And uh, you're 100% right. Canadian citizens slash royal subjects only have an inferior interest in the land that they think they own. Bang, 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 bang. Absolutely right. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang, as James Bond's uh, music would say. The governor general, uh, who is appointed by the British monarch, is there in Canada to whisper in the premier's and vice premier's ear to toe the line dictated by the royals. Yes, 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 yes. And he says, just go look up who is Canada's head of state. You will find it is King Charles. Just prior, it was Queen Elizabeth. The courts are called the crown in Canada. Boy, you guys know your stuff. This is awesome. Similarly, in Australia, you know, they have Australia Day. That's pretty empty. Um, and I'd, I'd love to get harps on and talk about this. You know, some sometime it would be really cool to be able to talk about international comparisons of what is expected based on their founding documents, what is hidden behind some of those things, like what is going on in Canada, who really is in charge, and in the United States as well. And so now I want to turn to our next story, everybody. And thanks for coming along on the ride for the, on the good ship freedom. It has to do with the United States Supreme Court and, of course, the border. We need to... Yes, yes, yes. Hit me, hit me, hit me. I got to get to the beater car. Yeah, all right. All right, everybody, let's get right to it. It is the Supreme Court coming out with an opinion that is a very, very big deal. So we're going to go to the piece that I wrote today. And here it is, everybody. Let me show you the picture because, of course, uh, that might be worthwhile uh, just to give you a little. Oh, not the picture of me because, no, that's not the best. Uh, Here is a little picture of the border just so you can see it. And so we're going to go with this. SCOTUS rules border agents can cut Texas border barriers and they're wrong. Thank you to Brittany Hughes for writing to me last night. I didn't get to see her message. She actually wrote to me about 10 minutes after 4 yesterday, but I was getting ready for the show. And then after I finished the show, I saw her message, and she said, hey, did you see this? And I had seen it. I'd, I'd seen somebody tweeted about it after I, saw, after I saw the show, after I did the show. And she said, would you, would you be able to write something on this? And I said, sure. And, and again, kudos to Brittany and the MRC-TV team. We'll be back with more Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live.
What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. USA News, I'm Tim Berg. A federal jury ordered Donald Trump to pay $83 million in damages for defaming writer E. Jean Carroll after a trial in which she accused him of shattering her reputation while he was president by denying her claims of sexual assault. Trump saying on Truth Social the ruling was absolutely ridiculous and that he fully disagrees with the verdict. Industry experts say it's shaping up to be a good year for the housing market. Housing market analysts anticipate a promising year ahead with a notable surge of 8.3% in pending home sales reported for December by the National Association of Realtors. The group's chief economist foresees that decreasing mortgage rates and steady prices will contribute to increased affordability for a number of Americans in 2024. Positive monthly gains in signed contracts were observed in the Midwest, South, and West. This is USA News. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com. 
immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Appreciate what we do? Help us advertise, market, and promote for just $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Welcome back to Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live, continuing our exploration into the recent Supreme Court ruling allowing the Biden administration to tear down border barriers that the Texas government has placed between people in Mexico and Texas. As a libertarian voluntarist, I don't support the state in any way, so these barriers are immoral and they are predicated on theft and force. However... Many Americans look at it simply as a federal issue. We break that down a little more in this segment of Free Talk Live. Liberty Conspiracy can be found every Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Rumble, Rockman, and my Twitter account. That is at Gard Goldsmith, G-A-R-D Goldsmith. Thanks so much for listening, one and all. Now, if you've been watching the show for a while... You're probably aware that they're MRC TV, sort of paleoconservative, that sort of thing. We have some differing opinions on things, maybe about uh, the Israel, Hamas, Gaza thing, uh, that sort of stuff. I'm an anarchist libertarian. I'm a voluntarist, anarchy, no human ruler, because that, of course, means it's involuntary and someone is ruling over you. Uh, all the other situations of uh, hierarchies, of command structures, if it's voluntary, that's fine. You're involved with it. It's an, it's an agreement. Government is not an agreement. The government, the political system of governance is not an agreement. It's an imposition always. And so uh, if it's not, then it's a business. It's a business, a contract. It's an agreement. It's a voluntary free association thing. So uh, we have some slight differences there, but we agree in so many areas, especially in economics, the climate stuff, all that, all that nonsense that they're pushing us. And in many ways, since I'm conversant on the U.S. Constitution, uh, they also appreciate what I write about the Constitution. One of the areas where when I first signed on with MRCTV, we said, eh, you know, we, we kind of have such differing opinions. They probably were going to they would assign a story or go with the story that someone pitched to them about the border. They'd go with somebody else. They say, well, OK, we're, we probably won't take your, your border stuff because we know that you're you're in favor of of uh, you're you're against political borders and so on and you have this argument that it's a state uh, it's a state issue constitutionally and so uh you know i've been speaking about this i i gave speeches about this years ago over 10 years ago i've been been talking about it i have it in my book live for your die and that came out in 2007 when i go through what the constitution actually says about immigration how the word isn't in the constitution and all that stuff and we talk about it typically once every few days on the show right and, you know, I, I hate it in various at various levels, various sizes of the argument, because sometimes I know people might be new and I'm trying to be considerate of them. But at the same time, I don't want to bore people who've heard it before. But the this, this story is it's perennial. It just keeps coming around because of 
the central command and control situation. And it is the tragedy of the commons. Everybody's arguing over how it's going to be worked because they're looking to the central authority rather than freedom. So uh, that's, you know, that's an easy thumbnail way to say it, but it's true. So and, and it doesn't mean, you know, like I, I'm blessed with some sort of insight or whatever. It's just that that's the way it is. Right. It's, it's just you know, if, if somebody puts a magnifying glass over an ant, the ant is likely going to burn under the sun. It's just, you know, it's just how it works. So the uh, the discomfort that so many people feel as they get around other people is because we're all under this government magnifying glass and we're all feeling uncomfortable because we want to go this way or that way. So what's been very interesting is I, I still remember the first conversation I had with Brittany Hughes. So she, Eric Shiner, is the director of MRC-TV, and Brittany is the editor. So she handles a lot of the editing and stuff, and occasionally if she's away, then Nick Kangadis will do some of the editing. Eric Shiner pitches in, you know, over the weekend. He, he called me Sunday. He's like, hey, dude, you know, that one of those stories you had on your, your Substack Sunday, you know, I like that one about Jamal. Uh, I know you might not be able to get to it. I'll write it up this afternoon. It was his Sunday. You know, I mean, he's got a family and uh, I was like, all right, cool. He goes, but I tell you what, if you can just put, put a couple of these uh, economic things into a phrasing, you said something in your sub stack and I don't want to repeat it, but if you could just sort of like rephrase it, that's a really good way to put it. And I'd love the way you did that. I'll put it in there and I'll give you the co-writing credit. I'm like, yeah, sure, man. This sounds great. So it's, it's all very cool. Brittany originally said, yeah, we probably won't have you write on the, on the border stuff. She came to me last night to write on this. So this shows you that, you know, if your argument is sound, then people of sound mind and honest intentions will recognize it. And it doesn't mean that they're going to go full bore promoting it, but she recognizes that this argument is sound for a constitutionalist conservative like her. She understands this now. So let me give you, and she, it was so great, you know, because over the years, and when I first did maybe the first year, I probably didn't mention the immigration thing, I did other stories. Then I was able to mention how the word immigration isn't in the Constitution. I'd put that in one story. And then I was able to amplify. And with Eric's help, now a lot of the people at MRC-TV who are on-the-ground writers and things like that, they get it. You know, They understand what the original intent of the founders was. And they want to do some, do some honor for them. So uh, let me give you this. This is the latest coming out of Washington. In the latest in a long train of transformations and usurpations of the U.S. Constitution, a majority of the U.S. Supreme Court late Monday, and David Knight spoke about this. Wait to hear about the composition here, everybody. Late Monday, January 22nd, ruled that the U.S. Border Patrol, USBP, can cut razor wire and destroy other barriers that the Texas government has erected in order to prevent illegal immigrants from coming north from Mexico and into the state. And I think some of the traditional conservatives might be a little more open to my line of reasoning in this syllogistic approach because they're seeing that it's not working under their president, their current president. Now, whether they'll fall back to it when Trump is put into office and say, okay, the feds have to do it, or they will be consistent now that they recognize that it's not a federal issue, maybe because it's not working the way they want it to work, I don't know. But I'll say this, this I tried to, tried to sort of pre- uh, anticipate it. I said they ruled that the U.S. Border Patrol can cut razor wire and destroy other barriers that the Texas government has erected in order to prevent illegal immigrants, so-called, from coming north 
from Mexico and into the state of Texas. It's an empty decision that likely will inspire many calls for a change in both the presidency and in the composition of the Supreme Court. Right. So some people won't learn their lesson. They'll say, oh, we just have to have a different president. We have to have a differently composed court. No, no. There's another way to do this. It's the it is the proper way, according to federalism. We'll get into that in the next couple segments of this segment of the program. But such a response, looking at the presidency and the composition of the Supreme Court, such a response misses the point. Such a response is akin to the indoctrinated reaction of an unjustly incarcerated man in a bleak prison cafeteria who, rather than calling for his just liberation, hopes that the warden or the cafeteria staff might change and feed him something slightly sweeter. At the most basic level, the case is tragic and pits state interests against Biden policy in practice. Amy Howe, covers the timeline for SCOTUS blog. And actually, just to let you know, folks, she's writing her own blog. Um, she's she's only indirectly connected with SCOTUS blog now. She's done a lot for them. She's been a professor, an attorney, and things like that. And uh, she generally does a pretty fine job. She wrote, quote, In response to an increase in the number of migrants, many of whom are seeking asylum, crossing the border into the United, the United States, Texas installed rolls of razor wire fencing along some stretches of the Rio Grande River, which forms the U.S. border with Mexico in the southern part of the state last year. In October, the state went to federal court where it argued that Border Patrol agents violated state laws when they cut or moved the fencing. On December 19th, a federal appeals court, that's December 19th, that, and by the way, in parentheses, I added, the Fifth Circuit, that's the one in Louisiana, in New Orleans, issued an order that, except in cases of medical emergencies, the order temporarily banned federal border agents from cutting or moving the wire in the area around the city of Eagle Pass. Okay? So that's what happened back in December. They sided with Texas. All right? But on January 2nd, the Biden administration Solicitor General Elizabeth Prelogar, Prelogar, P-R-E-L-O-G-A-R, opposed that move, citing in the Supreme Court the need for the federal border bureaucracy very swiftly to reach in distress river crossers. Okay, so again, it's all practical grounds. She said, well, the border protection people have to be able to get into the river to get people who might be in distress and citing subsequent reports of drowning in the Rio Grande. And if you remember last week, I had an MRC TV piece that mentioned that story. The bodies were recovered supposedly by the Mexican government. She cited that immediate need as justification for the Biden administration's ability to claim to be able to destroy the Texas borders. Okay, so I hope I'm spelling this out, you know, sufficiently. And, of course, again, if you're watching this after the fact, you want to send this to somebody, just go to Rumble, hit pause, and you can send the link out with that time code in there so people can get right to this. The exception, they wrote, that the appeals created, the exception wrote how, the exception that the appeals by the Biden administration created for medical emergencies is not enough, Prelegar insisted. 
because of the time that it takes to cut through the wires and the very real risk of death along this stretch of river. Okay, so that gives you a little reference as to what they were saying. I said, of course, that directs attention away from what the Constitution actually says. So you can see, again, they're going with a practical argument and not the semi-principled argument of the Constitution and what it lays out as practice. I said, and the Texas argument also does not focus on the Constitution. Quote, from how? Texas told the judges that there was no need for them to get involved in the dispute because the Court of Appeals has fast-tracked the case and is scheduled to hear oral argument on February 7th. But in any event, Texas dismissed the underlying premise of the Biden administration's argument that Border Patrol agents are carrying out their responsibilities under federal law when they move or cut the wire, and they said that that was false. On the contrary, Texas contended, as the federal district court in this case found, Border Patrol agents are not actually apprehending or processing migrants who cross through holes in the wire that the agents create. And more broadly, Texas concluded, the public interest, as they describe it, favors not only respecting the state's property rights, but also supporting efforts to combat the influx of deadly fentanyl, human trafficking, and to minimize the risks of people, both U.S. citizens and migrants, of drowning while making perilous journeys to and through illegal ports of entry. So those who are familiar with the Chilong v. Freeman case that I've mentioned as the history, going back to the 1870s, will remember it's very analogous to this situation in Texas because the California Assembly was arguing at the time that they were going to block with a, a, a bill that they called the Chinese Exclusion Act themselves. There was later a federal version of that. But they had a bill that would block Chinese immigrants. The real reason was because a lot of the local people didn't want to compete against lower-priced Chinese labor, right? Uh, which actually is a benefit because then you can get your stuff for less, right? Uh, and you have money left over to now employ people on new endeavors, which can help people, right? That money wouldn't be there for the R&D and all those things to start. That sort of progress would be retarded if you have to keep wasting money on more expensive efforts, right? Okay, that's why you don't throw away tools. You want to be able to use the tools. So increasing the labor pool is a tool just like some of the physical machines. So anyway, they passed that. It was protested and brought to the Supreme Court. And that's when, in 1872, there was a Supreme... 18, yeah, 1872, there was a Supreme Court ruling in Chilong v. Freeman. And they said, oh, it's a federal purview. Okay? So, again, we see a similar situation here with Texas saying, we're handling the borders. We're doing it to stop deadly fentanyl. In California, back in the late 1800s, they argued, well, the, the women coming in from China are going to be prostitutes. They carry diseases. So they come up with these rationales. They give these arguments and stuff like that. Constitutionally, the rationale and the argumentation, that doesn't matter. None of that really matters because when it comes to immigration, the states are supposed to be able to control immigration. That's just the way it works. Okay, so they can say we don't like people because they have black hair, whatever. Right. Uh, we're not going to let them in. OK, well, you've got the you've got the prerogative to do that as stupid as it is. So, OK, it's going back here. I said to the contrary, they did this for so-called human trafficking and so on and so forth. 
And I said, and the final Biden argument, which seems to have carried the day in the Supreme Court, also has nothing to do with the Constitution. This is what happened yesterday. This is what we're seeing right in front of us, everybody. This is like, this is, it's absolute chaos now until February 7th. And until there's a ruling after February 7th, because that's just when oral arguments are going to be heard in the, in the uh, uh, appeals court. So, quote from Howe, in a filing on January 12th, Biden administration's prelogar ind- indicated that Texas had recently added new razor wire barriers and fencing along the border and blocked access by Border Patrol agents to sites used, get this, to launch patrol boats on the river and for mobile surveillance. Again, all practicalities with assumptions that aren't being questioned. And this is the key. We need to question those assumptions. I do, anyway. As a result, Prelogar wrote, agents are effectively barred from accessing or getting near the border along this 2.5-mile stretch of the river and therefore effectively prevented from monitoring the border to determine whether a migrant requires the emergency aid that the Court of Appeals expressly accepted from the injunction. The Supreme Court, Prelogar argued, should lift the Fifth Circuit's order and do that to, quote, restore Border Patrol's access to the border. It is charged with patrolling and to the migrants it is responsible for apprehending, inspecting, and processing. Okay, so those were the arguments until yesterday. Now here's how it shook down. As Ms. Howe notes, yesterday saw Amy Coney Barrett and Chief Justice John Roberts join Elena Kagan, Sonia Moro, Sotomayor, and Katanji Brown-Jackson. I can't define a woman, I don't know, splitting from conservatives Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito, Brett Kavanaugh, and Neil Gorsuch to grant Prelogar's request to block the Fifth Circuit injunction and allow the feds to destroy Texas's border barriers as the Biden BPS sees fit at any time. So that's what came out yesterday. Now here's some more unfolding. I said, thus, the situation has been thrown into chaos, seeing the Texas government and many of Texas's residents undercut by a federal establishment that repeatedly has been questioned for actually facilitating ingress rather than stopping ingress. But the systemic constitutional problems are just as important and are obvious in their absence from this Supreme Court decision. Space doesn't allow me to run through the entire discourse on the constitutional problem of believing the federal government is supposed to handle the border, but it is essential to spell out matters of extreme importance. First, as I noted in more detail last week for MRC TV, and if you go to the site, if you go to my uh, Twitter feed, you can see the hyperlink, you can read the whole thing. The founders left the matter of immigration to the states. The word immigration does not appear in the U.S. Constitution. Many contemporary Americans see the power over naturalization that is granted to Congress in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution and conflate it with a power over immigration. Hello, Mark Levin. In his 1798 Kentucky Resolution 4, Thomas Jefferson reminded his contemporaries that the power to handle their immigration policies lay with the state's James Madison also made the same point. 
1869, when Texas entered the Union, the state constitution included a Bureau of Immigration, and it was not until an errant Supreme Court ruling in a case called Chilong v. Freeman that a group of corrupt justices made up a federal power over immigration. The fight over one-size-must-fit-all centralized power has raged ever since, and this new leftist-majority decision allowing the feds literally to work against the constitutionally reserved purview of the Texas government merely shows us its most immediate extreme manifestation. It also reminds us of the warning about the Supreme Court that Robert Yates offered in 1788, writing as Brutus, the wise anti-federalist, the term used for patriots who actually favored real federalism over the centralizing move by Alexander Hamilton and his allies to gather more power in the hands of the central U.S. government under the Constitution. As Robert Yates from New York predicted, quote, the Supreme Court under this Constitution would be exalted above all other power in the government and subject to no control. End quote. Exactly. And by extension, the federal government players who appoint those justices typically see the Supreme Court facilitate a continual expansion of central government power over our lives. The patterns and pageantry of their offices, the titles and trappings of the court and the Congress and the presidency are worthless. They are the ingredients of a thin, synthetic gruel no different than the victory gin Winston Smith drank as he embraced Big Brother. And in order to restore sense and constitutionality, we must break free from the mental prison in which decisions like this have caged us. Texas's government has the power to disregard this decision. This is the answer. They have the power to nullify it. We will watch to see what the state government and Governor Abbott do. And that, folks is the key. Of course, there have been numerous instances in U.S. history where people tried to nullify things, the whiskey rebels, so-called, in western Pennsylvania, not paying the excise tax on whiskey. What did George Washington do? He took Alexander Hamilton's advice, even though they had been, there were, there, the uh, legislature and the governor of Pennsylvania had not requested any militia troops to be brought in to preserve their constitutional way of governance in Pennsylvania. They listened to a judge who was friends of Alexander Hamilton, who himself said, oh, there's an insurrection afoot. There's an emergency. You get to go in. That's not the way it works. Article 4, Section 4. It's clear. It's not a judge. It's the legislature of a state. Or if the legislature isn't in session, it's the governor of a state. Again, you know, I'm an anarchist, but the document's pretty easy to read, right? So it's all in there. Nullification is the answer. They tried it in western Pennsylvania. They got swatted. The South tried it in a massive way by nullifying their agreement to be part of the Union. And it wasn't that they had to stay in the Union. They should have been able to leave. Abraham Lincoln, he saw, too, what would happen to them as he set up Fort Sumter and then trampled so many thousands and thousands of innocent people beneath the jackboots of the North 
then you've got the desegregation of schools, the so-called states' rights movements being depicted as just purely racist in the 60s, the feds demanding desegregation of schools. They can't demand that. Again, the 14th Amendment is not equal treatment under the law. It's equal protection under the law, which is supposed to be protection against human-on-human violence. But, of course, the state is human-on-human violence. That's what it is. It's institutional, systematic human-on-human violence, always ready to act, always acting. So let's turn now to Michael Bolden and the Tenth Amendment Center as he gives us a quick overview and a reminder of what some of the founders had to say and some of the things the states are doing to nullify, because it's not all dark. There have been some successes. You look at marijuana on many, many state legislative levels. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency made for spending. You can pay your bills with Dash at spritz.finance. Plus, they can send dollars to your bank if you still need those for something. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for this sponsorship. It's easy to get and use Dash. You can learn more at dash.org. That's dash.org. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. 